The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the third chapter. In the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate, being governor of Judea, and Herod, being tetrarch of Galilee, and his brother Philip, tetrarch of the region of Iturea and Trachonitis, and Lysanias, tetrarch of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, the son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. And he went into all the region around the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall become straight, and the rough places shall become level ways, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. He said, therefore, to the crowds that came out to be baptized by him, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come, bear fruits in keeping with repentance. And do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children for Abraham. Even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And the crowds asked him, What then shall we do? And he answered them, Whoever has two tunics is to share with him who has none. And whoever has food is to do likewise. The tax collectors also came to be baptized and said to him, Teacher, what shall we do? And he said to them, Collect no more than you are authorized to do. Soldiers also asked him, And we, what shall we do? And he said to them, Do not extort money from anyone by threats, by false accusation, and be content with your wages. As the people were in expectation, and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Christ, John answered them all, saying, I baptize you with water, but he who is mightier than I is coming, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And his winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into the barn, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. So with many other exhortations, he preached good news to the people. But Herod the Tetrarch, who had been reproved by him for Herodias, his brother's wife, and for all the evil things that Herod had done, added this to them all, that he locked up John in prison. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the holy name of Jesus, 
When we think about Advent and Christ's coming, we think about the serene picture of the Holy Family. It is always striking to me, then, that partway into Advent, we behold the rugged John the Baptist calling into the desert, wearing camel's hair, eating locusts, and wild honey. So what is the one thing this leads us to ponder in the Gospel today? We are to think about the juxtaposition between God's silence and God revealing Himself, and John the Baptist provides the opportunity. How did people of the Bible understand the difference between God's silence and His speaking? The prophet Amos said, The days are coming, says the Lord, that I will send a famine on the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. A famine from God's word was frightful to the people of God. God's silence caused distress. At the time of the calling of the prophet Samuel, we were told, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days, there was no frequent vision. Later, King Saul had grown accustomed to Samuel's prophetic speech. But Samuel had died, and King Saul was approaching a battle with the Philistines. Saul was so distressed at the Lord's silence that he went to the witch at Endor to seek help, and it went badly for him. Before the days of Samuel and King Saul, there was Moses who had the burning bush experience. The Lord told him to go and tell the people. Moses replied, suppose they won't believe me. The reason for his response was that it had been approximately 430 years without an appearance from the Lord. This length of time parallels the coming of John the Baptist, for it had been approximately 430 years between the end of the Old Testament and the coming of John the Baptist. For people who were waiting for the promise of the Savior to be fulfilled, it must have been very distressing. God's silence can be deafening. Our collect for this morning gives us the theme. Stir up our hearts, O Lord, to make ready the way of your only begotten Son. In other words, do not let the perceived silence of our Lord distress you. This Sunday is filled with Advent hope and the coming joy of Christmas as we prepare our hearts for the Lord's coming. Instead of looking at the rugged John the Baptist and wondering how this image got in between the baby Jesus and the shepherds, think about it as the image of God's herald saying, you have waited for God to answer your prayers. Get ready. The answer is coming. Imagine how the church's 
in Asia Minor felt when a letter from St. Paul came. Imagine the response when the letter to the Galatians came, for example, and the people heard it being read as it talked about Jesus and the gift of the forgiveness of sins as pure gift. Or think about the first time the people in Egypt heard St. Mark's Gospel. The Word of God coming into one's life is a sign of Christ's love. There is not silence, but the heralding of an eternal hope. The God of creation breaks into the world to speak. When John the Baptist prepares the way, we hear a voice that speaks amid a deep and once lingering silence. Suddenly, the coming of Jesus startles evil. God's Word breaks the silence. In addition to John the Baptist being a herald of the coming of the Son of God, John is also the image of the time in between God speaking. He is the image of prayer, fasting, and mercy. John symbolizes Advent preparation. This is so important for us when we think about life's troubles. Because sometimes the Lord seems to be silent, doesn't He? As we live and as we wait for the Lord, we pray fast and engage in mercy. The holy life as Christ's baptized is a life of attentiveness. We are attentive because we know from Scripture itself that God answers in His time. It is in the midst of the church's life of prayer, fasting, and mercy that faith stands firm, devotion abides, and virtue endures. Fasting is the soul of prayer. Mercy is the life of fasting. A life in expectation of Christ's love and answer looks out in love and knows Jesus will come. But people often are detoured by what they think is the absence and silence of God. When we think about people in the Old Testament, and the time in between the Old Testament and the coming of John the Baptist, people often gave in to their lusts and became distracted. Without the divine voice, people got lost. Today, churches often witness people losing faith and becoming absent because they conclude that the Lord doesn't answer so he must not care or he is non-existent. However, a sacramental understanding of the church provides a different perspective. When the church bells ring, the Christians sing, and the pastors process up the aisle, 
we behold a path made straight from baptismal font to altar. Up high sits the Lord's table. The candles flicker, the incense rises, and the gospel is proclaimed. The word of God breaks the silence amid evil's quiet disdain and scorn. The love and forgiveness of Jesus is delivered when you listen to the scriptures. Our collect, stir up our hearts, O Lord, to make ready the way of your only begotten Son, is an answered prayer as you listen to the readings. Your hearts are stirred by the Holy Spirit as the path leads you to the Eucharist where Jesus comes. And as Jesus comes to you today, He forgives and renews you, widening your eyes of faith to accept the mystery as heaven's merciful realities press into the world and into your lives. In the holy name of Jesus. Amen.